Cocks for Christ, new episode. Hey, another one of these. Another one of these. I forgot what number we're on, so we're just going to say it's a new episode. New episode. That's a good way to say it. I'm happy with that. And start the timer. I always forget to do that. Um, uh, yes. We are punctual. I mean, well, today we're starting at 918. So, you know, we're not, we're not, we're 18 minutes past our, <laughs> <laughs> our usual punctual time. We, we started the call about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Father, uh, Father David would not have been happy with this. It would not. Um, tardiness here. We would be very late. We'd be very in trouble. Yeah. Dog on That's the side okay. of grades. That's okay. It's okay. We're all, we're all good. We can go to confession. Yeah, and then Make write our letter better. to Father David after. Write our, write our nightly letter. Coming out of that chapel smelling like incense. High on life, ready to go. Get your <laughs> visit into Mary. Get that visit in. That was actually kind of nice. Like that night visit where you're just sitting there with your arms crossed the, the legionary way. Mm. You're standing there. I don't remember. No, there was. it was just a silent thing, right? And you were like respected if you stayed a long time. No, they would. Oh, no, that was novitiate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, there were actual um, prayers. Right. And then on Friday, you'd sweet sing. That's nice. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that. It was, was kind of nice. And cool. then also, the stars at night was pretty cool, too. Like, oh, yeah. The New Hampshire skyline was gorgeous. Not skyline, stars. Starline. There was, there was no skyline. There was no city <laughs> <laughs> nearby. <laughs> on the lake, that was pretty cool. The lake was amazing. You got some good sunsets. Mm-hmm. Sunrises. Um, sunrises, sunsets, sun, sun middays. Got hot in that summer, though. It did. It was humid, too. I mean, I know everyone always says humid. that, but. Yeah. That, that's what this podcast is. We're, we're going to do the weather report from, <laughs> from New Hampshire. <laughs> Well, yeah, we had that record snow too, which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, the one I completely forgot about. Yeah, two thousand eight. That was a cool. Wait, was it two thousand eight? I wouldn't remember. I mean, I do remember there was one time we were shoveling, and it was like up to your like shoulders. The snow was like up, so that might have been it. Since it's in yeah. my memory, yeah. You might. It might have been when you were senior. I don't remember now. Mm-hmm. Or you were already gone. I don't. Who knows, man? I don't. I don't remember anything. Yeah. Um. Okay, so today we have a little, we have a little fun segment that we call. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna call it. Um, cucks for the catechism. The the catechism. The, the cuck catechism. <laughs> we wanted to look at kind of the big picture stuff. We'll probably dive into the weeds of Catholicism further on, but if anybody's interested in this, if this is just really boring, let us know. Call in. Um, just DM us on Instagram or something. Like, um, We just want to like go through this a little bit and kind of remember what this religion is and kind of like what was good what was bad uh yeah i'm kind of boring myself with this is this a good idea that's okay yeah <laughs> you think we'll, we'll, we'll find out <laughs> yeah um, so this is a little segment that we're gonna we're gonna read parts of the catechism and we're going to talk about it and yes. i just want to say that rereading the catechism now i don't remember most of it yeah like i remember reading all of this and learning it and then just completely forgetting so it's good it's like new material yeah it's gonna be coming in fresh i mean some of it's kind of like ringing bells this first part here the desire for god is written in the human heart like Mm. that that i mean they talked a lot about that That was kind of the way they explained kind of the whenever you felt 
like you were lacking something or, you know, I remember a, a frequent analogy used was like, if you feel like you don't know what you're doing in life or anything, like it's because there's this desire for God within you. And they would use the analogy of eating food. Like if you eat food, you're going to want to eat again. Um, and if you, you know, have sex, you're going to want to have sex again, you know, all these different things. But like, if you have God, you really don't need anything. And there were even like saint stories of like these saints who would live off the Eucharist alone or something. Um, right. I mean, they were eating something. I mean, <laughs> well, we know that now. We know that now. <laughs> They're literally eating. I mean, Jesus is bread. That's it's like it's a big old fat chunk of bread and they're like yeah i live on the eucharist alone it's like yeah dude but that's it's quite a lot of bread quite literally <laughs> living on bread alone yeah yeah um yeah i i always thought that the idea of a like using the the fact that we have an emptiness or some something um and then turning around and saying, well, that's, that's God. And like, there he is. That emptiness that you feel is, is what you, you know, you feel it because you don't have God. I always felt like that was a weird way to put it. Um, not a weird way, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, it's, I mean, life does have moments where you do feel empty. Like, there, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And I think it's a good thing that Catholicism acknowledges that. But I do remember a lot of times, like, when I felt that way, and I would pray or something, prayer and stuff would not make me always feel better. Um, like, sometimes I would sit in front of the Eucharist in the chapel and i'd be like wow i'm really connecting with love and with you know the essence of whatever existence is and i mean i kind of do that now in meditation like i'll, I'll sit with my you know empty feelings or you know these negative thoughts and then just kind of you know you, you grow to accept them or or you don't and you're just like well you know that's what it is too but uh I think I had a harder time accepting feelings of uncertainty and, and emptiness back then because I was like, Oh, something's wrong. I need to fix this. Um, right. Instead of just like, Oh, that's kind of how life goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if the desire is written on your heart, there's nothing you can do. You can't, you don't have a choice then. That's right. You, that's what you have to do. So right? you have to do. And, um, and how come it's not like, if it's written on my heart, you'd think it'd be a little clearer, you know, like, like writing is pretty clear. Yeah. It would be a little bit clearer for you and for the thousands of the millions of people who never believed. Yeah. Like, right. what about them? What about them, man? Like, does the, I mean, is the desire there and they just, that's what they would always say. Like they never got preached to or something, but it's like, why would Jesus like create these people and know that they would never hear about him? Like, yes, yeah, seems it, a little, it seems like the only people who have the desire written in their heart are people who were baptized Catholic. Yes. At a young age. I, I wonder what that's about. Preferably a few weeks after birth. Well, you can't have, can, can we just say how, I mean, I don't know how I, I, I feel very strangely about baptism. I used to think it was like, whatever, innocuous, but now well, I kind of think it's a little bit, I don't know. It's a little bit much. It's a little much, man. I mean, you, you, you're, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even recommend dating before you're like, you know, 12 or 11 or something, or I don't know, like, I mean, it's just, why consider something so seriously? I mean, you can't even consider anything at that age. You're, you're just this fetus that just popped out of your mother and you're just like, and it would all, I mean, what actually bothers me about baptism the most is the fact that you have these adults who've never held a baby in their lives probably. 
except if they've previously done baptisms a lot or something like pouring water on the head and like what if the baby like lifts their you know puts their head back or something gets water up the nose baby drowns and that actually be an interesting thing to look up like how many how many babies have drowned in a baptism i i mean i imagine it's got a, it, there has to be a number there has but, to be um i don't I'm think sure it'd be that, that high be, no And it'd probably be more of the like the Protestant baptisms where they do the full submersion. <laughs> Newborn baby drowns during baptism, sparking call for religious ritual to be changed. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's in February of this year. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's awful too. Just but... six weeks old. It went into cardiorespiratory arrest oh, after man. a baptism in northeastern Romania. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. That kind of explains it. That yeah, kind right of there. makes sense. I mean, they're they're just trying to take a bath at that point. What if that's yeah? What if that priest is like, "Hey, I know you wanted an abortion. I'll you know, I know our religion doesn't allow it. Let me let me." He he just tells the woman like, "Don't look. Worry. I'll take the heat. I got you. <laughs> Give it." <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't explain anything. <laughs> Yeah, what do you mean? No, no, don't worry. Just come to the baptism. Yeah, just go to the baptism. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> but definitely probably true. That's probably, probably what happened. Um, I'm glad we figured that one out. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I just I just feel like it's it's very controlling and also it's unreal. You're taking a baby that has no beliefs because it can't, and you're saying you're going to be Catholic, right? I don't know. I think it's and then it and then it's the along with your line of it not being real. Like Keatsman had a good point. He's like, it frees you from original sin apparently, but like, what what the hell's that? Like, what was the point of Jesus coming if like original sin is still a thing? Right. I mean, wasn't that the whole point? Was that he undid what Adam and Eve did in the garden? Well, that's why he got baptized. To like undo. To show us running yet? No, it, well, it was, but I, I took care of it. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's the whole the whole gamut, the yawning <laughs> and the nose running. Do you have work um, tomorrow early? I do, but that's oh okay. no. Yeah, no, that was my fault. Sad face. Sad face, but that's okay. I'm 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 okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I think that's why Jesus was baptized so that he could um show us the way um well, of what we had to do. But cuz the the whole baptism thing, I didn't realize how prevalent it was in the pagan world and in like in the Jewish world too, the idea of baptism. I thought it was a real Christian thing. It wasn't. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Now it is. But before it used to be everyone doing it. That's so interesting. Did the pagans so you're saying the pagans did too? Like they all had a ritual bathing thing where they would mm. cast away their sins by bathing. Okay. What's up with the whole like killing a bull or a donkey with your sins? You you put your sins in the donkey and then slit its throat. That's kind of interesting. It's not the same as baptism though, is it? It's no. Like con- confession, maybe. That's, I don't know. I don't think many of the pagans did that. Um, they might have. I'm just not familiar with it. Right. Um, and I mean, whatever pagan means. Um, yeah, what does pagan mean? Well, I mean, it means person on the countryside. You know, the people in the, in the, in the sticks. Interesting. We call those Republicans now. Yeah. Not really. It is kind of the same pejorative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're the ones who consider everybody else pagans now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's flipped, but everything's flipped. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now pagans live in the city. <laughs> kind of funny. Um. But yeah, no, that that is a pejorative that actually Christians started. Because they all lived in the cities. And the people in the countryside were 
having too, uh, too much fun for them. We're native religious people. But it's so interesting that they would call them pagan. You would think Christians would have this sense that everybody, based on this catechism quote, like the desire of God for God is written on every human heart. You would think that they would just really see themselves reflected in everybody. They wouldn't really call anybody a pagan. There's no us and them. You would think everybody would just be, oh, we all have God written on our hearts. Some don't know about it because we haven't preached to them, but like, they're just like us. They're, you know. Yeah, I don't know how prevalent that belief was back then. That catechism is a little new. The catechism is a little new. Yeah. And I think a lot of these ideas are kind of new to Catholicism also. That's true. Catechism's kind of like, here's what we're going to turn it into based on the last council we had. We're going to mold it subtly, you know, not enough to shake feathers. We're not going to say you can go gay or anything crazy, but Pope Francis will do that later. But, you know, we're going to we're going to like modify shit a little bit. I feel like that's what's Vatican because a lot of people who are Vatican one don't like Vatican two people. So that's yeah. interesting. Like that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Well, a lot of people don't like Vatican two, but what can you do? Shoot. I don't like Vatican two. Uh, I'm all about pa- being a pagan. So uh, me too. Uh, that's where I am. Hashtag um, me too. Hashtag you too. <laughs> um, I like this. This section, Ways of Coming to Know God. I'm going to it. Hold on. Ways of Coming to... Oh, yep. Okay. Um, Person who seeks God discovers certain ways of coming to know him. Which is funny because you... You have to... You have to want to believe in it first. If you're seeking God, you are... You know, okay, I believe in a God. Mm-hmm. Now I and I'm going to discover ways of coming to know you. Right. You have to want it, and then you're basically you're basically at that point since you already have this assumption that there is a God first of all, and that we all have His desire on us. You've already assumed a couple major things without evidence. Now, your whole project is like. What do they call that when you jump through hoops to make your point? You know, uh, you jump through intellectual hoops like that. What's that called? I feel like there's a word for that. But mental gymnastics. Isn't. Mental gymnastics. Thank you. Yeah. From then on, it's mental gymnastics to arrive at conclusions you want. Like I even feel like Aristotle kind of did that with his like proof of God. But did he call it God? I don't know if he called it God. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot what he actually called it because I only read Aquinas or Me too. read it through Aquinas. But, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, it's interesting that they didn't show us Aristotle's proof for God. Like I remember we heard about it, but we never saw it. Yeah, I also think that Aristotle didn't take himself as seriously as Aquinas did. And right. it would have been interesting to kind of see his thoughts more purely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um because we only we only read about his thoughts about virtue and how it's the means between extremes and that's literally all I remember from Aristotle along with like some weird definitions and turns out he was pretty chauvinistic and pretty mass or um, anti women and stuff like that too yeah yeah shout pretty cool Aristotle. guy yeah pretty awesome um, I think that was our first shout out of the podcast um, oh nice well yeah someone's got to do it. Someone's got um, So these these ways of coming to know God are called proofs for the existence of God. But they're what? not they're not not in the sense of proofs in the natural sciences. You know, the way we use the word proof. <laughs> but rather in the sense of converging and convincing arguments. What? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that makes anyway. no sense. First, they say it's not proofs like in the natural science, but then they go on to describe what a proof is and pretty much their definition of proof being converging and convincing arguments is the scientific definition of a proof. Yeah, so they're trying to act like they're not trying to be sciencey, but they are. It's not in the natural sciences, but it is in the 
nat in the natural way like <laughs> what, what the know. fuck That's and so also weird. it's like it's not convincing but well i guess we'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> which allow so. us to attain certainty about the chair that's like an anti-therapy statement because yeah. in therapy you really learn that there is no certainty in the world and here you have uh and how you, and therapy is about becoming comfortable with that like reality of the situation type thing mm-hmm. and then here you have catholicism saying hey therapy is bullshit uh we are certain about the truth and we have these proofs that aren't proofs that's that's very odd so these uh, these uh these ways quote unquote of approaching god from creation have a twofold point of departure the physical world and the human person so right. the the world starting from movement becoming contingency and the world's order and beauty one can come to a knowledge of god as the origin and end of the universe that is so unconvincing to me It's that is that it's the weakest argument I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's very un they're they are right. It is not like the natural sciences. It no, is not like the no scientist, sciences. no scientist would say, Hey, there's a lot we don't understand about movement becoming contingency, and we're gonna call it God. So they 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 basically took the Aquinas's five ways and put it into a, a one sentence right proof saying like if you understand all that therefore etc i remember dude i think the worst aquinas argument for i think his strongest one was sadly a circular argument about um the movement that was his strongest right. and then you have beauty which is his least strong because literally here's how his argument goes he says there are beautiful things that exist and then he just does this mile long pole jump to, and therefore there must be a most beautiful thing that exists. And that's yeah. what we call God. Yeah. Like what? How does that? How does okay. That... Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dude, imagine his scribe when he's like writing that proof down, like looking back, I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> we got to get to lunch. But in, all, in his defense, Plato's arguments, I feel like, for the eternal forms aren't much better. Mm-hmm. Plato's kind of like, hey, there's material things that exist, therefore there must be this perfect essence of everything that exists in these eternal forms, and then everything else is just a copy of that. I mean, Aquinas basically stole Plato's argument and twisted it to, to God in that, in that situation. Yeah, well, you know, are they arguing for something, or are they just kind of pontificating? Yeah, I think I think it's punt. I mean, it's not it's not proof in the natural sense. It's uh, you know, and what like, is a converging argument? What converging? What the hell? Converging and convincing? What is that? Um, I guess meaning that the premises lead to a conclusion. Converge. They converge onto something. Maybe. Yeah, yeah it seems a little redundant. Converging and convincing. You know. And I just the world's order and beauty. Do they not know about the natural world? Have they never seen a wasp lay an egg inside a cricket? Right. What about that says what certainty about that God is just like besides being repulsive? Like, what is it? Have they never what, seen what? a human without a leg? Right. Born without a leg, or born with no eyes, or born with dual genitalia. Yeah. Oh man, that's the that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> From the Patreon, I'll drop my pants so you can see what I got down there. <laughs> okay, so they they do elaborate yeah. here, as Saint Paul says of the Gentiles, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them already confused ever since the creation of the world his invisible nature namely his eternal power and deity has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made all right this is very saint augustine issues the challenge question the beauty of the earth question the beauty of the sea question the beauty of the air distending and diffusing itself 
I don't think he understood air. Yeah, I don't think so either. (laughs) Question the beauty of this guy. Question all these realities. All respond, see, we are beautiful. Their beauty is a profession. These beauties are subject to change. Who made them, if not the beautiful one who is not subject to change? There again, you got the huge jumps of logic. I mean, yes, why can't you just stop at see the beauty of it? I mean, yes, the sea is beautiful. You're right. And I don't really feel the need to question it. Why do I have to question it? It's beautiful. Yeah. And what's the question? And, and then to say, well, see that, that since they are beautiful, therefore, um, therefore God. And that's yeah. it. Like, okay, pack it up. Let's go home. We did yeah. it. In an interesting little line in there, he says, these beauties are subject to change. It sounds like a contract written by one of my customers for a brief mm-hmm. moment there. It's like, read the fine print. Yep. These beauties uh, are subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he's disproving everything you just said. Like, these beauties are subject to change. Yes, occasionally you're going to have a peg leg guy. Occasionally you're going to have a wasp laying egg and something else. You know, it's just, you know, I've, I've, I've at least acknowledged it. But by the way, God. And so that's that's the physical world. That's all the proof we have from the physical world. That's it. Just movement, becoming, contingency, beauty. That's that's how we know God exists. It's crazy, man. None of that dictates like a God in any way to me. Like, sure, there might be something that fits these descriptions, in which case that God is to me, I, I, I would be a deist if I believed in a God like that, because we, I mean, like, I think it was Einstein who said, believing in a personal God is kind of um, stupidity. I mean, it really, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have no better way to describe that belief. Obviously people who believe that, you know, I don't think you're stupid. I just think, you know, maybe some of your ideas here and there, you know, I try to distinguish that way, but maybe I'm calling people stupid. I don't know. No, it's like loving the sinner and hating the sin. Right. <laughs> I love the believer. I hate the belief. You know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, or I just think the belief is stupid. Kind of yeah, I don't hate hard, it. It's hard yeah. to defend. Yeah, I, I don't really hate. I don't understand the love the sinner or hate the sin, love the sinner. Maybe just disagree with the sin or, you know, don't do it yourself, but whatever. And um, this is the most convincing thing they have this is what they lead with yep i i gotta say i'm a little bit disappointed you know i am too and shout out to the catholics who like don't really care about any of this who are just like yeah you know we think this way we believe this stuff but they're there are a lot of catholics who just don't try to convince anybody else that what they think or believe is real. They're just like, yeah, this helps me get through the day or whatever. I mean, they're not the Catholics I've come into contact with for the most part, but Mm -hmm. they're out there. They exist. They exist. So maybe you need to come to New York because I think they're more Catholic. Well, never mind. Uh, I hear stories. Oh, you've heard the legends. I've heard legends. Um, So that was the world. But what about the human person? Yeah, let's hear about that. With, with, with his openness to truth and beauty, his sense of moral goodness, his freedom and the voice of his conscience, <laughs> with his longings for the infinite and for happiness. Man questions, this guy gay is so quick. Yeah, I know. This got really weird. <laughs> Man questions himself about God's existence. In all this, he discerns signs of his spiritual soul. The soul the seed of eternity we bear in ourselves irreducible and merely to the merely material can have its origin only in god okay that that's pretty cool so what they what they do there is say you know how you think about these things well that means you have a soul <laughs> and your soul can't be reduced to the merely material so therefore, it only has its origin in God. 
that's how you know God exists. That's a lot of legwork. And I like how the, the arguments from the world try to be scientific, you know? You have stuff that's sciency, like movement, becoming, contingency, words like that. And then you get into the arguments around the human person and it becomes like this poetic garbage that has no scientific, like even effort put into it. Man's openness, his longings, his, you know, he questions himself. For some, for a religion that says like, this is the way things are and nothing else matters but this, like, pretty weak pretty unconvincing pretty uh like why would you dedicate your whole life to this project of following all these rules when you really have not much backbone offered here and and do we long for the infinite can we comprehend the infinite can we even understand what that is like i don't one of the most daunting things for me as as a christian when i believed was the idea of living forever. That scared the hell out of me. I'm like, I don't want to live forever. That's that's tiring. Eventually I want to die. And right. then like, that's it. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I feel a little differently only because when I was in that state, I was like, oh, heaven is this place of like eternal bliss. Um, I can't comprehend what this will mean, but it'll happen. So I felt differently than you, but hey, you know, if it wasn't that, then yes, like, but I mean, what, how can you feel eternally blissful at every moment? Like, what? It just doesn't, like, it doesn't seem real. And it seems like, you know, we have no proof for it. Nobody, nobody can go to heaven and come back and be like, hey, you know, this just in, I mean, there's there's whole books written about people who apparently have but they all sound like garbage to me like oh yeah this person clearly had a dmt trip yeah you know went to an altered yeah went to an altered state of reality came back interpreted it as going to heaven and ironically if people knew that it was a dmt experience like catholics would then all of a sudden not be about it because they're Mm anti-drug so it's 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 just yeah don't dedicate your whole life to that you know like a dream a pipe dream and i don't even i had issues with the soul when i was a believer and obviously now i have more issues with the soul but i don't i don't know how you can all like It seems so obvious that everything that we think is from our brain. Like you can, we, we have the scans now. We can see our brain lighting up in certain ways right? in real time. And you can predict what someone's feeling just by looking at what their brain is doing. Right. And it is material. Um, and I don't, I don't know how they can say so confidently that it's irreducible to the merely material. Yes. my I actually argued with my brother about this when I was in the Legion. I was trying to argue for the soul. And when he brought up the point you're bringing up now, I was stopped dead in my tracks. I was very angry with him because I didn't, like he was making sense, you know? I was like, no, there's the soul is immaterial. You know, that's why when we die, we're going to live forever. It's because, and I was really convinced, you know, Aristotle, you know, I gobbled him up with the whole like animals have souls too, but they're not the same kind of souls. Then there's plant plant souls, mineral souls. So he had the whole soul train lined up, gangbang of souls. And, you know, I was really into that. So I, I think my brother planted the seed of doubt. I think I could honestly attribute his that conversation with him to like the first time I was like, shit, maybe there's, you know, I kept like pushing it in my head, you know, like that's what you do when you're in that mindset. You just keep choosing to believe yeah, what you think because you're like too scared about the alternative. Like, what would it mean if I no longer believe that? Like, 
right what what is real anymore like what you know is it okay to abort people is it you know you you're like oh man this is slippery slope to doubting everything so you just keep holding on to it Mm -hmm. very arrogantly yeah i think that's what it's just fear it's not arrogance it's just fear yeah yeah it's fear but i think it's also like that's one of the first things that goes like once people start questioning their their soul Mm-hmm. which I think is something that happens early on for a lot of people who are former Catholics. Yeah. I think that's when it starts going downhill for the belief. I think so too. Because who cares if you don't have a soul? It's obviously not, like, it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um. This is actually really fun. I'm actually having a good time. I hope our listeners are because like I thought this would be really boring, but now I'm like kind of getting into it a little bit. Yeah. Like it's really making me think and reflect and like kind of remember the stuff I really believed so strongly. It's crazy. So the next bit is um is just a it's just a simplified uh that everyone calls god yeah 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 <laughs> everyone who is, who the, the, everyone's everyone called. on earth like who the fuck do they think their audience well their audience is only catholics okay yeah yeah except um, us we're, we're <laughs> yeah i'm gonna just gonna skip that because it's not even like it's, it's not great yeah there's nothing there um, um i like when they refer to the church as our holy mother the church yeah, because I thought that was Mary. So it's kind of you're really I don't know if Mary, how would Mary did they you know run that by her before they just started calling the church that. Well, you know, maybe they have two mothers. Oh well, let's yeah, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two fathers. <laughs> Dude, they have a whole section dedicated to how can we speak about God? Page seventeen. I see it now. That's that's funny. Um, okay, let's see how you're allowed to speak about God. In defending the ability of human reason to know God, the church is expressing her confidence in the possibility of speaking about him to all men and with all men, and therefore of dialogue with other religions, with philosophy and science, as well as with unbelievers and atheists, the evil atheist. <laughs> Interesting. So that's so, not really about God. That's about speaking to other people about God. Well, I think what what the point of this section is, how do we know about God? I guess. Mm. Like how do we how do we know things? How how can we how can we speak so confidently about God? I don't know. Um oh, I, I think they're like this is basically them saying, look, we're so confident in our in our proofs that aren't proofs that we will talk to other religions philosophy and science right right Isn't that, it's almost yeah. like they're giving themselves a pat on the back a little bit yeah well what yeah they're saying that it's within human reason to know god right right so like yeah which we got this fam like you would think that if something you have reason to believe it you wouldn't have to say that you have reason to believe it right you would just believe it well I get what they're, you know, I get where they're coming from. They're just trying to put all their cars out, I guess. But yeah. since our knowledge of God is limited, our language about him is equally so. We can name God only by ta- by taking creatures as our starting point and in accordance with our limited human ways of knowing and thinking. I don't know what that means. I think I mean, it's, I know as, what it as means, meta, but... it's as meta as it gets, as meta as I've seen it get, acknowledging that we have limited human thought and knowledge. And I think that's pretty cool. They got meta enough to acknowledge that. Uh, all creatures bear a certain resemblance to God, most especially man, <laughs> not woman. Wow. <laughs> this is written a while back. Created in the image and likeness of God. The manifold perfections of creatures, their truth, their goodness, their beauty, all reflect the infinite perfection of God. Consequently, we can name God by taking his creatures' perfections 
as our starting point. For from the greatness and beauty of created things comes a corresponding perception of their creator. Okay, that was a very redundant paragraph, Jesus Christ. But what what was it, what was created? Like this is a serious question that I've asked people that I never get a good response for. What was created? The universe? Because everything everything follows a natural process from the beginning. So did he just create the primordial substances that were the Big Bang? Right. Like, because clearly you and me were created by our parents. Like, there's no doubt about that. Well, and and everything we can we can follow along an evolutionary path. Right. To to the first eukaryotes. Right. Right. And and you know eventually single celled organisms and you know the bacteria that started the that were the first life. Dude, um, that's a great question. I never thought of that because yeah, you're right. You really can trace history back pretty far. I mean, you trace it back millions of years ago and we're, yeah. What did God create? Like what, what, why did we talk about, <laughs> about creatures as if many things were created when we have no evidence of that? And in fact, everything is contained within the universe like it i don't know if this makes sense to people who are listening but that's or a 10 listeners, question man but, i never thought about that yeah yeah i don't know i've like you, i've i've had no good name, answers yeah i can't name one thing that was created aside from like spaghetti you know where we manufactured it but even then it's just a, a, a pro it wasn't a creation it was just a conglomeration of things from the earth that man got you know man has gotten smart enough to and woman uh and trans have gotten smart enough to you know to make so um you're right man it's there's no creations out there that we can point to and be like oh that really came because i think that's what the christians turn to a lot is like how did something come from nothing that's like their big thing but we can't even comprehend that question really right well and that question that question then begs God's existence. Right. It assumes because how it. could nothing, how could nothing come from, how could something come from nothing? Well, how could God come from nothing? Right. Did something create God? I remember someone, a, a Catholic uh, religion teacher taught me that God might've even created himself. Like the religion teacher was baffled by that question too. <laughs> I mean, but then how did God create himself? Like what, what's that process? I mean, we, we just don't know the origins of the universe and, and pretending we do probably causes more harm than good. If yeah, history or religion's it, anything to go by. It, it also stifles our ability to figure out more things about the, I mean, for the past 2000 years, Christianity had a stranglehold on well not 2000 but you know until 500 years ago Christianity had a stranglehold on science right and we we didn't really advance that much right in 1500 years compared to 500 years it's true man but I don't know I don't know what I'm preaching um yeah so that's that's what's up that's what's up man um yeah dude so i was um are we good in the catechism for now yeah you think i'm kind of worn out (laughs) i've had my time so we, we learned about God and how we can speak about him and how we know he exists. Yeah. That was fun. That was super convincing, super, you know, scientific. Shout out, shout out the catechism. Shout out catechism. Shout out um, <laughs> Pope Francis. Dude, I should become like, uh, I should become some high paying position in the Catholic church. Because, like, I would know that it's bullshit, so then I could really climb their corporate ladder and then just make oh. a fuck ton of money. And, like, you know, 
I, I could probably be pretty convincing. I feel like you would have to be a priest to do that. Yeah, you're right. It would make it easier. You have some Christians, Catholics who've done it. You got Chris, Deste- Chris Stefano, not Chris Stefano. Chris, <laughs> remember that guy, Chris Stefano, or I think that's oh. his name. Really? Um, yeah, he's like a. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he teaches like confirmation and like, and then you got Chris Everett or Jason Everett, not Chris, Jason Everett. You could do a book tour. Yeah, you could do a write a book uh, and then just say it's about being Catholic. Right. How to be just Catholic. hope they don't find this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just do the do the tours, go around to churches and be like, look, this is my book. Please support mm-hmm. me. Yeah, because I mean a lot of these Catholic churches have a lot of wealthy, wealthy folks there. So I went to a Catholic church here in Houston. I didn't see one black person there, dude. Not one. Yeah. It's all like middle-aged and above white folks. I was reading a article um, and it was, the question was about how seminarians can um, expand their horizons and how they need to have more experiences with black America. Because um, hmm. there was a seminarian that was apparently kicked out for being too black or whatever. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, and yeah, no, it was interesting. And this lady was talking about how there was a priest in maybe it was Wisconsin or Minnesota in a predominantly, maybe it was St. Paul, Minnesota, a predominantly black neighborhood and predominantly black church. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it was like for him being a, being a, a priest there and how it changed him um and how you know they aren't prepared for that in seminary mm. like they're how how do they go out and preach to people who aren't like them right and i thought that was really interesting coming from catholics but. dude if i had stuck in the round of the legion i genuinely don't know how i'd even be able to relate to another human being after being 12 fucking years of seminary Right. I'm not kidding. I had the hardest time relating to people when I got out after only being there for six and a half years. If I had had to do like 10 more years of that, like most of my classmates are, are becoming priests like right now. Yeah. So that's literally nine more years, 10 more years. It would have been, I think I left when I was 20, 19 or 20. So I can't even imagine how much worse I would be at like relating to people that mm-hmm. weren't in the legion because yeah you get your apostolate and stuff but you're still kind of spending your time in your community and your apostolate might not even take you out in the public your apostolate might be being a superior of novices or something yeah or you end up being um in charge of like a right and christy group so yeah. you get people who aren't normal anyway yes and you have interactions with them and they all know you as legionary so you know it gets filtered and in all fairness at most legionary priests their end job ends up being something where they're around their own folks you know you're not really venturing out it's not truly missionary work where you're going out to meet totally new people Mm -hmm. you know you're trying to court benefactors you're you're courting school get you know more students into your programs and stuff so um, I don't really remember any legionary who did straight up. Do, can you think of any straight up missionary work where they went to like some foreign country and started baptizing or something or. No, it, not really. No. I'm sure. It, uh, I'm not sure it happened, but I would imagine there has to be an, an example of it. I'm sure there's someone out there. Yeah. Father by ears. Coming early. Brother. Um. I saw one legionary posted something on Facebook on his Insta or on his Facebook story, which I never, I never look at Facebook stories, but a legionary. No, posted I don't something. either. Yeah. It's weird. Instagram ones, but not Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I love Instagram stories. I hate Facebook stories. I hate Facebook stories. Yeah. Um, but I, I looked at it anyway, cause I saw it was a legionary and it, and it said the caption caught my eye. <laughs> 
Uh-oh. I I I looked at it and it was his dispensation papers. Oh snap! He's going home. He's I'm done. Like, I'm like, was he yeah, a priest? Bro. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if dispensation is the right word, but his papers, you know, from the yeah. legion saying you're you're revoked, not you're revoked, but you're you're good to go. Yeah, my dispensation still have it somewhere. I'll 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 bring that to the next meeting if I can dig it up. But yeah, yeah. I, I uh, Father Alvaro sent me a dispensation letter Rest since I peace. since I vowed for three months and then peaced out. Yeah. So he had to he had to dispense me for my three month vow. <laughs> How good. intense is it that I vowed I would do something with my life and then th- like literally three months? Well, that's most Britney Spears marriages. So yeah, and also it's like as serious as a Britney Spears marriage. Seriously, yeah. Like who who gives it? Yeah, and um, I didn't even lose any money out of it. In fact, I probably made money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I did I did message this bloke and I was like, proud of you. Good luck. Nice. I should have followed it off with if you need anything, let me know. But I didn't. I think I might be assumed, hopefully. Hopefully. Hey, if you're listening to this and you got a message from James, just know <laughs> we care about you. We're we're here if you need anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Shout out for leaving the Legion. Shout out. Heads up. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh good, that's that's good news. It's pretty cool. Uh, um Yeah, I oh yeah, and then two of our boys got ordained. Yeah, uh Father Stefan. No. Oh, he's he a deacon ordained? now. Oh he's no, a deacon. Yeah, you're right. Shit, what is he? Is it Sester? No. Yeah, it was Sester and uh, Vin. and brother Vin. Vin. Fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Um, so whenever they're gonna be stationed. Remember when he was? Do you remember when he was a candidate? Sester. No, brother yeah. Vin. Oh, well, yeah, he's a year younger than you. Oh, so he he was into Transformers. Oh, really? And I had never seen Transformers because it came out when we were in, uh, I guess, uh, I yeah. think. Right. Um, so the day before he was ordained, I saw Transformers and I was like, oh, Brother Vin. Like, that's, what I, that's what I thought immediately. I'm like, I wonder yeah. how he's doing. I wonder if he's still in the Legion. And then the next day I saw he was getting ordained. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's good timing, man. <laughs> that is great timing. That'd be cool if he found a cassock that like had some Transformers on it. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, he had Transformers cufflinks. Oh, nice. Which is why I remember that. That's probably the that's only... hilarious. I'm surprised he got yeah. away with that. Well, because it's it's it is it was discreet, kind of like it wouldn't you, you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't really see him. Right. Right. Um, I should message him and say, like, yo, what's up? I just saw Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> you should, dude. That'd be amazing. I should probably email or uh, message Sester and be like, hey, man, congrats. Like, you yeah, know, you, I think you made we, it. We, we both should. But if you ever want to leave, you know, I'm, I got <laughs> I'm here for you, bro. Nah, I remember I remember talking to his younger brother at Cheshire. Yeah. I went because I went back for something. I was passing through yeah. and I was like, Oh, cause it's only an hour from me. Um, and I was on my way to something else. So I was like, Oh, let's just stop in Cheshire. So yeah. I did and <laughs> caused some havoc. Nice. And, um, and he was, I think he was a novice. So this was a while ago and we were yeah, just, that's a we, long were, time ago, dude. we were talking and I was like trying not to let them know that they should definitely leave. Right. But just trying to like, you know, like, how you boys doing? Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's 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 pretty cool out there, you know. Some, <laughs> yeah, some you days- bring them back some like pizza from some like <laughs> restaurant or something, or like, <laughs> hey, uh, here's a girl, you know, you can bring her out back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think that would have worked. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, Father Christopher Brackett would have put a stop to that. No, I don't think he would have had to. I don't think. I don't think if if that happened when we were in Cheshire, 
Yeah. I don't think you would have taken up the no, like you wouldn't no. you would have been interested. No, I would have said no, fam. I'm 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 the I'm a cuck for Christ. I'm a cuck for Christ, man. Yeah. That's what I feel like now too. I'm like, no thanks. I have commitments to Jesus. I can't can't have sex I'm, with you. I put it on my Tinder profile. Yes. Like I'm here for the relationship and nothing else. Okay, so sometimes when I'm swiping, I see that stuff like like my faith is really important to me. Yes, I see that too. And I immediately swipe left. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just like, what's the point of this? It's never gonna as soon as it's never gonna as soon work. As she finds out I don't believe in it, she'll pretend she's cool with me for a long time. Yeah. And then it won't go anywhere. I It'll have friendships that have failed because of that. Yeah. Where even friends pretend they're cool with me being the way I am because I think they feel good having an atheist friend. They're like, oh, like, yeah, here's my atheist friend. He doesn't believe. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. And then, but then it becomes too real, or you know, you start asking questions they can't answer, and then they're like, ah, right, but fuck you. <laughs> See yeah. Ya. See ya. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I swipe left. left. Um, and I mean, I get it. I get when someone says like, my faith is important to me. It better be to you too. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it it's not. So. so I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Can you yeah. imagine being one of those relationships uh, where you then like, you have to go with your family to church every Sunday or oh. shout out Keaton. <laughs> Hope he doesn't hear that shit. <laughs> uh, I don't think he listens to this. No, I don't think so either. Because he's jealous. He's too, he's too jealous. Because we're catching up in pods. Yeah, we're actually consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you miss your last. You missed last week. Speaking of Tinder, looking for a fresh face. There are new people on Tinder. Check it out. I mean, I'm in fucking Houston. Of course, there's going to be new people. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with Tinder? I've only been getting bots on Tinder. Mm, that sucks, man. Yeah, especially because you, you know right away, like yes, when when it's two messages in, they're like, "Hey, can we go to? Can we? Do you have Instagram?" I'm like, "Nope." I don't. <laughs> yeah, they put a space before the question mark too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I happen to be. A, I I do cam shows. Yep. Yep. By the way. Fuck off. <laughs> By the way, see ya. See ya. <laughs> it's called see you later time. I hate a cam girl, man. It's just like, come on. Put I that mean, on I, your only do an OnlyFans and then you know just I, I don't that. I, I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle, yeah, I guess. But I also like just waste my fucking time. Yeah, don't waste my fucking time. Just put it on your profile that you're a cam girl. Yeah. You know? Put it in your profile because you will definitely get to... hits. Yes, you'll get hits. You'll still get matches. Yes, plenty of guys, you know, plenty of guys are going to want to be in your chat room throwing money at you. You know, make that money, girl. Although I guess it's a, I guess it's against the terms of service. Oh shit! Someone will report now, your profile. Now they yeah. think about it, yeah, shit. someone would. They do have to be sneaky, huh? Well, that's why they, that's why they do the thing where they're like, "Oh, could we message somewhere else?" Right. My, no- right. my notifications are messed up, or my whatever is messed up, or. Right. And then they'll say like, yes, you're going to have to like enter your card number, but you know, it's no big deal. It's just part of the registration. <laughs> I've gotten that. Oh, so far it's happened the, to I've you too. That, okay. I've gotten that. <laughs> I've gotten that far in the process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I just, I love it. I, I, I laugh. Too. It's like, funny. Oh, it's funny. You got me. You got me again. Cam girl, cam girl, three, six, nine. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm sure you're in New York too. I'm sure that you didn't use a VPN or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just sure your location. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm from Brazil. Oh. Uh, Tinder passport got you good. Mm-mm. I've had girls on Tinder passport who are real girls match with me. Like I had really? one from Brazil, and she met. Ma- no, no, Peru, and she matched with me. And I was like, I just stopped talking to her after a while. I was like, why am I still talking to her? Like, what is Tinder Passport? Anywhere. 
or is it maybe it's not tinder it might have been facebook or something. i don't remember the facebook dating but yeah you can you can passport to another country and start matching with people in like yugoslavia if you want to oh that sucks why would you <laughs> i know so stupid i'm not in your country and i probably can you really not find someone in your area code that's decently attractive and compatible in some way like come on do you have to go out of your state at your country boundaries yeah don't mix countries that's that's the message from cox for christ yes only no date mixing. within your race only date within your race. <laughs> <laughs> i did see something funny uh keesman keesman made a funny comment on this meme it, the meme was like pride month has no boundaries happy pride month by the way oh yeah you too uh, and then yeah you too man and then keesman was like no boundaries not even like age or species <laughs> i was like you know what they mean asshole (laughs) yeah come on keith come on keith (laughs) god damn it god damn it well this has been another episode of (laughs) dogs for christ (laughs) 